Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, I'm Carrie Sanborn and you're listening to Sorry Partner. And welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by bridge partners and friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with American champion Kerry Sanborn about graduating from hearts and pinochle to bridge and her experience at the very top of the game. Plus, we hear her top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner. Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? Jocelyn, I'm great. How are you? Oh, Catherine, I've been better. Oh. I'm feeling kind of, I'm feeling really bad about my game and my mindset. And it could be that I was just so tired last night. And maybe I should just not even try to play when I am feeling really tired after a long day of work. But it was just a disaster. And it's very demoralizing. Oh, gosh, what happened? Well, things were going great. And then this guy sat down and I vaguely recognized him. And I had asked the previous opponents who had been at our table, do you know who that guy is? He looks so familiar, but they didn't know. Well, it turns out he's someone who played at the club years ago, but hasn't been back. Then he moved out to the suburbs or something, and he hasn't been back to this club in years. But I recognized him, and he recognized me. He said, oh, Jocelyn, hi. The last time I saw you, you were having a very hard time. (laughs) You were playing with Vicky. Now, Vicky is the really intimidating pro who's always at our club. Right. You're playing with Vicky. You know Vicky. Yes, I know Vicky. Yeah. A very good player. And he said, you were very, very nervous. 
we could all tell and we felt really bad for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's nothing like being patronized before you start. And basically, after that, I couldn't do a thing right. Do you remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about Drury and you had a conversation with your partner right before the game, reminding everyone about Drury. Well, last night before our game, my partner reminded me that we do spade adjunct, which I only do with her. Uh And I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh, God. It's just, it's, it's, it's awful. I've (laughs) sort of told you about it. It has to do when you have five hearts and four spades and you're responding to partner. And we've talked about it in the context of two no Trump and one no Trump. But in any event, you bid the spades when you don't have four of them. You bid no Trump when you have the four spades. That way, the strong one no Trump opener knows that you have the spades and can bid the spades and be declarer. So it's all about right side in the contract. Okay. And I don't care for it but I do it with this partner. So right before the game, she says to me, spade adjunct. And I said, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. No problem. We play spade adjunct and we do it full on. We do it in every opportunity that it can come up in. And guess what? Right after that guy says that to me, there's a spade adjunct, which my partner alerts my two spades. She says she does not have four spades. Of course, I had four spades. (laughs) I was completely thrown. And the thing is, we talk to all these experts week after week, and they all talk about maintaining your composure and keeping calm and having good table presence. And it seems like it's just falling on deaf ears sometimes because I lost it. You know, I just, I could not get my head out of wherever it was, which was, I'm a mess. I can't get a grip. I can't even remember spade adjunct, et cetera. So that was really a very demoralizing experience. And um, I know we just have to pick ourselves up or we'll never make it to be octogenarian card sharks. (laughs) But it was one of those moments, I must say. So there you have it. And to the audience, I don't know if this is any consolation to any of you out there. I kind of find it hard to believe that anybody is does as ridiculous things at the table as I do, but hopefully somebody can take something from this. <laughs> you know that I certainly do ridiculous things <laughs> at the table, but I do think, Jocelyn, it's a clear example of the way that the bridge is life. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, you were tired. You've got to cut yourself some slack. <laughs> as you were telling me the story, I was thinking about our episode with Susan Humphreys and how she said, you know, you're going to have bad boys. You're going to have mistakes. And you're right. I do. I agree. Nearly everyone we talk to talks about the composure and, and, and trying very hard to not let one hand run into the next. But even someone like Larry Cohen was saying he finds it nearly impossible to do. And if you overlay that with feeling stressed and you've just had a bit of a patronizing jab by somebody, and not only that, but has reminded you about when you were feeling insecure about playing with another expert player, I just think all these things pile up. I think the real challenge here is to step back and think, okay, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's not. I'm going to take what I can and move forward. Yeah, trying. (laughs) It's great. It's it's excellent advice. Yeah, until um, you tell me the same thing and I'm going to smack you in the face because it's so irritating. No. No, I knew I could count on you to help me put it in perspective. 
The thing that I find really challenging is that pulled thread element of it. It's, it's like sometimes whatever, for whatever reason, the conditions are just right and it's just one thing leads to another thing to another thing and it's almost like you can't help yourself and <laughs> it's like you're inside that state and, and no amount of pep talking and, and resetting actually does the job. It's just going to be the way that it is. That's a little bit what I meant when I was saying to you a few weeks ago about the opposite, you know, when you feel like you're in the zone, I think this is the anti-zone and you're in it and it it almost doesn't matter what you do. (laughs) The anti-zone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It is about perspective. And we'll be right back. Support for Sorry Partner comes from Bridge with Larry Cohen home of the Bridge Made Simple webinars at www.larryco.com for loads of videos, practice hands, and our favorites, the quizzes. Thanks, Larry. Well, I've got a fun letter for you, if if that might cheer you up. (laughs) I'll try anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, this is from Denise, and Denise lives in Quebec. And the subject line is Twilight Zone. And it's, it's a mid-length letter, so not a super short one. Okay, here we go. To escape Quebec's brutal winter weather, my husband and I regularly head south to Florida. As we're also bridge players, we go to many club games, sectionals, or regional ACBL events. And as there's just the two of us, we often need partners to play the team events. Well, One day we found a really pleasant couple that became our friends over the years. They had many more master points than us, so we were always playing in open events or in higher strats. With time, we realized that they knew a lot of the professional players and were even friends with some of them. One day, in a regional event, we made it to the knockout final. Well done, Denise. (laughs) And our teammates were very excited to announce that our next opponents were their friends, wait for it, Jeff Mextroth and Eric Rodwell. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about intimidating. I know. If you, if you don't know who they are, look them up. My husband is by no means flustered being challenged by professional players. I, on the other hand, have a harder time taming my nerves. It's hard not to be phased when there are five kibitzes surrounding your table. <laughs> <laughs> Only five? <laughs> Oh my God. One of them played Mextroth's cards when Mextroth was a dummy. <laughs> no, he couldn't do it himself, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Needed a break. Between the rounds, Rodwell signed autographs. <laughs> <laughs> it was like being in the twilight zone, I bet. On one particular hand, I made a defensive error that gave Rodwell and Mextroth their doubled sacrifice when game was cold our way. Oh. Ouch. Yeah, awful. Awful. That's when our bickering started. And the bickering was, of course, in French. Mother tongues are so much more powerful when you argue. Mextroth and Rodwell graciously ignored us and started bidding the next hand. After a few rounds of bidding, Mextroth announced Swedish. And I, being irritated by their complicated bidding system and still feeling emotional about the previous disaster, was just about to say, please explain thinking that Swedish was a special convention. When Rodwell (laughs) said, no, it's not Swedish, it's French. They're from Quebec. (laughs) Quand même. (laughs) Absolument. (laughs) 
I silently thanked him for saving me from making the faux pas. Conclusion. They beat us, obviously, but they did not demolish us. But that disastrous hand and language slash translation confusion that followed is one of our fondest bridge memories. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I like that story. I do too. I do too. It's got a bit of everything. It's got the experts. It's got the beginners. It's got the confusion. It's got the language translation issues. The international. Yeah, yeah. It's all happening there. Denise, thanks so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. That's wonderful, Denise. Thanks. So if you have any good stories about encountering Mechwell at the table or having some other kind of out of mind, out of body experience, please send them in to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or Instagram or leave us a voicemail. The link is also in the show notes along with some other good stuff. Coming up next, our interview with Kerry Sanborn. American champion Carrie Sanborn is a four-time world champion. She has 18 North American titles and is a member of the ACBL Hall of Fame. Nevertheless, she likes to keep her systems simple and sensible. We began by asking about her best or worst hand of the week. The hand that comes to my mind recently, I was playing with my husband, in a regional knockout team, and I picked up a hand with a stiff king of spades, an ace-queen-jack, fifth of hearts, an ace-king, seventh of diamonds, and no clumps at all. Now, this is a really powerful hand, and maybe some people would open two clubs, but in my experience, you can open these one diamond and reverse into two hearts, and you're never going to get passed out. Well, I opened a one, one diamond, three-bit wed, pass, pass, pass which is astounding that that would happen. And partner had a queen, but they had four hearts. So five hearts was baking, and I made five diamonds. That was in one diamond making five. Couldn't happen that it would go all past when you opened the sand. I don't remember what the result was on the board. I think that we lost a game swing. <laughs> I read that you weren't initially interested in learning to play bridge, I did resist learning to play. Uh, my parents played, oh, three or four nights a week at the local duplicate and when I was a teenager and in high school. And so they were gone. So I would get into mischief, so to speak. And I swore I would never learn to play bridge because it just was too time consuming. It's so boring to me. But by the time I went to college in my freshman year, we started with hearts. Then somebody said, let's play pinochle. And then somebody said, let me teach you some bridge. I go, oh, not bridge. Well, I started playing bridge and I got hooked. And I only finished three years of college. <laughs> but I don't think I made the wrong choice. Do you have a favorite tournament that you love to play? The World Championships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to qualify. I like to go. I like to win. So, yeah, the regionals now are nothing like what they used to be. When I was cutting my teeth on Los Angeles Bridge, they had a 10-day tournament in the summer called Bridge Week, and there would be thousands of tables play and play. Now they're lucky if they can get a three-section game going. It, it It's died off so much. 
Can you tell us more about those regionals? The first regional I think I attended was in Cincinnati, which was near where I was in college. And the women dressed dressed up and men wore jackets or suits. One woman I knew wore a black satin pantsuit and the director called her out for wearing pants to the tournament. It was much more formal. They were events. You know, you used to get prizes for winning your section, a deck of cards or a little trophy or something like that. And if you won an event, you got a big trophy. And it was something I always look forward to. I still have some of my really old ones, even though they don't look any good anymore. They they have a a good memory to them. They mean something. Yeah, regionals were fun and used to hang out and t- discuss the hands at the bar. Nobody had, you know, the hand records because everybody was just dealing out the hands and, and the directors all scored by hands. So you'd gather around the director's table to see how you did and I used to play with Barry Crane. He would go up there and he would help score. He was a very fast adder. So he would correct directors who got their scores wrong and he would help them. And it was was an entirely different life. It's very mechanical now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you would go over the hands, was it because you all remembered the exact hand records in your mind? Did you have that kind of a memory for those hands? You would duplicate the hands from the sheets, but you wouldn't have records afterwards. Everybody had the same, played the same boards. I remember the first time I played it in sexual and I came in second and something, and I could look at my scorecard. I could remember every single card of every single board and it just, it was a natural ability. With respect to the ability to memorize the cards and the work to put into getting there with counting the math, how do you actually retain that information? Is it a, a visualization of the patterns of the actual cards, or is it more just like a checklist? We're very interested. We've actually 
been asking our guests recently for their opinion about visualization because we get different answers and it's always so interesting. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I just have approximately a photographic memory for the way the cards are played. I I see the opening lead, I see the dummy, I see the next trick, I see the next trick. And I I can always visualize my hand and the dummy, and I can usually reconstruct the other two hands that are hidden from me. But bridge is very mathematical. Everything adds up to 52 or 13, and it's almost like 52 weeks in the year, 13 lunar months in the year. I would say first start counting your high card points. They all all add up to 40, right? And your cards and your suits. Your shapes, 5431, 4333, 4441, they all add up to 13. Just It is a pattern recognition in that. And the patterns also imprint themselves on your mind. And as far as individual cards, it's possible you could forget a three or a four or five or six or something. They may not be relevant. But some days they are relevant. You win a trick with a three, you remember it. <laughs> Do you find that you use these skills in other areas of your life? Only at bridge. I I count myself as a one-trick pony. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any things out there that you are working towards to make you a two-trick pony? A golf. I've been playing golf for about 25 years, and I'm worse than I was 10 years ago. (laughs) So I've got a lesson scheduled on Thursday to try to fix me. Thinking about a regular partner, what would they say is your strongest area of the game? It used to be that I just didn't make an error. Things are more difficult now with bidding theory and partnership understandings. And so a little bit memory has become a problem. But as far as card play, my husband says, behind the declare, I am the best he's ever seen on defense. So I guess defense, visualizing the cards uh, that everybody else holds and acting on that. I don't know. It, it's an amazing thing. I've been at the top of this game for so many years and uh, it's been a great life. Very enjoyable. Well, what would a partner say maybe is a weaker area of your game if there is such a thing? Too much system. Memorizing various conventions and stuff and treatments. I do better when I do it simply. My current partnership I'm working on with Jill Myers, we have all these understandings and I know I'm going to forget some of them. They're not all sensible to me. In fact, she's working on flashcards right now. (laughs) So maybe I should do that. And when it comes to defense agreements, are there any particular carding agreements or defensive conventions that you like to play? I'm pretty old-fashioned. I don't play upside down very well. So Jill has ceded to my playing regular count and attitude. I like to get count, do pretty well when I know the count on the hand. And when I give count with an even number, I like second high if I can afford it. If I'm jack, nine, eight, deuce, and you lead the king, I play the nine, not the eight. And I only have one higher. With the Some of my partners, I like odd-even discards. It's my preferred, but Jill doesn't like them, so I can get by without it. Suppose it's telling your partner what they need to know at the time. 
I think that's the best path for a partnership to take. In your experience, what is the most challenging part of a bridge partnership? Well, it's clearly being on the same wavelength, no matter what you're doing, whether it's who's going to compete, who's going to push, who bids more than the other one, and knowing all your agreements. It used to be you could sit down and fill out a convention card in 10 minutes and go play, and you probably still could do that, and you trust yourself to do the normal thing. But the more a partnership develops, the more agreements you have, and knowing them is very important. There's so many permutations of, of bidding in a hand that you can't cover everything. So you have to have general principles and know when they apply and when they don't apply. It's just always knowing what your partner's thinking. Is there a part of your game that you think has gotten better or worse over time? I think competitive bidding has been improved so much. A lot of it because of the law of total tricks. Cue Larry Cohen. I know that you've had Larry on. He wrote a book about it. It's revolutionized competitive bidding and knowing how high to bid and when to stop. I think that that's been a very important learning curve for me. Can you talk a little bit more about that, how it's actually affected your game? Well, it's affected a lot of people's game because now when you're playing against good players, you know that they know that you know that they know about the law of total tricks. And so everybody has a lot better judgment when to stop bidding. And if you're playing against weaker players, you can pretty much bet that they are not well-versed in the law. And you can't take to the bank what they're doing. They bid on hands they shouldn't bid on, and they pass on hands they should bid on. So judging your competition, it just makes it important to know what, what your competitors know. Carrie, what is the strangest place you've ever played bridge? <laughs> there used to be a, a huge regional and a few nationals in, a, in the town of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And the hotel wasn't very well-suited to put on a tournament, so they would have several sections on the tennis courts. I can't think of anything much stranger than that. How many people were out on the tennis court? I would say there would be about uh, 100 tables, 400 people. And it was cold, was in the winter. I was hoping I'd stay inside in the ballroom because it's nice and toasty in there, but I had to get, grab my coat and go play with my mittens and my uh, my coat out in the tennis court. Needless to say, I didn't play very well. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you when you were playing bridge? I did play once in the Disneyland Hotel, a regional, and somebody died at the table, but the game went on. Nobody <gasps> missed a beat. We're about eight rounds into the afternoon session when all of a sudden there was a kerfuffle near me and I looked and saw a man on the floor. Paramedics came. They took him out in a body bag and his partner called for a substitute and they went on the plague. Oh my God. Oh my God. Did anyone consider stopping? His partner considered, but they got a, an acceptable substitute. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. 
Do you tend to socialize mostly with other bridge players or non-bridge players or a mix? Uh, mostly bridge players, I would say. We do have a few golfing friends we eat with occasionally and we play golf with them, but I'm in Florida now and everybody has moved here and everybody plays bridge. So we had a built-in network of friends when we came down here. We had worked with them, played bridge with them. I play in a Wednesday afternoon imp game. We get some pretty good players. Mike Becker's in it and Jeff Wolfson and Jack Zhao, who, who is a Chinese world champion. Jerry Stamatov, a Bulgarian, who teases me about, you're too passive to get your Bulgarian passport. you got to be more aggressive or you'll never get your Bulgarian passport. It's fun. I mean, we have a lot of fun there. Who is the most fascinating person that you've ever played with or against at Bridge? I did play against Warren Buffett. He was playing with a good player named Judy Radin. And we were playing in the UN building apartment of Catherine Graham, who owned the Washington Post. And recently I played against Bill Gates, who was playing with a friend of mine, Sharon Ellisberg, who was on my team in 1993 when we won a world championship. She's played a lot with him and he was very gracious. You know, so some friends of mine wanted their, their selfies and he said after the session, he'd be happy to do it. He didn't want them interrupting. And he did. Big smile, arm around everything. And Omar Sharif, I got to play with Omar and against him. He was a devotee of the game. He really loved bridge. Wow. What's something that people might not know about him that you were able to glean from playing with him? Oh, from playing with him, he was charming. He was easily startled. You should not approach him from behind. I came up behind him once at a coffee shop or something, and he jumped, like, said, oh, please don't do that. We played together and against each other in Morocco one time and went to a uh, club after the session, and they belly danced for him for, like, half an hour. The same woman belly danced. I found it terribly boring. But he said, oh, but it's such an honor that they do this for me. Do you have a favorite convention or gadget that you love? I would say that Keycard Blackwood is my favorite. Yeah. Before Keycard Blackwood, I don't know how anybody bit slams. <laughs> they just guessed. And yet some people don't use Blackwood at all. And what about a convention that you don't care for so much? Well, I used to play with Karen McCallum. She played something called Splinter Blackwood. So if I open a spade and you, you splinter, you go bid four clubs or something like that. Now, the first step, I think it was, <laughs> I'm not interested. And the next steps are responding key cards. But I could get it wrong. I, always, I would always miss a step here and there. And that could be disastrous. <laughs> Carrie, what is the best bridge advice or tip that you've ever been given? Uh, the one I remember most, the tip, was from Bob Hammond. And I was upset that I had done something bad on a hand. I don't know if it was defense or offense or bidding or whatever. And he told me, he said, we're all going to make mistakes, but the good players make fewer mistakes than the rest of them. Just go on and play the next hand. And I took that to heart. I love it. Kerry, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful for your time. 
Thank you so much. It was terrific. You're welcome. And that's the show. Many thanks to Kerry Sanborn. Sorry Partner is produced by Catherine Harris. Our theme music was composed by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram or send us a voice message. And please consider supporting the show. These links are in the show notes and on the website, along with some other good stuff, including new merch. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Kerry says, we all make mistakes. Just go on and play the next hand. (laughs) Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. (laughs) Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.